0: chapter twenty nine of the phantom town mystery this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the phantom town mystery by carol norton chapter twenty nine an old letter the next day directly after breakfast mary and dora began to expect someone to arrive the roof of the front porch was railed around, and when they had made their bed and tidied their room they stepped out of the door-like window and stood there gazing about them. From that high elevation they had a view of the road coming from Tombstone, as it climbed to the tableland, and also they could see for miles across the desert valley toward the bar and ranch. "'Who do you think will be the first to arrive?' Dora asked, as she slipped an arm about her friend's waist. Mary shook her head without replying. Then, because her conscience had been troubling her, Dora said impulsively, "'Mary, dear, I didn't mean last night that Harry Hulbert says nice things to you without meaning them. No one could help thinking you're—' Mary laughed, and put a finger on her friend's lips. "'Now who's flattering?' Then excitedly, "'I hear a car, but I don't see it.' "'There it is, by the post-office,' Dora pointed then, in a tone of disappointment, Oh, it's only that funny little Jap vegetable man from Fairbanks. A moment later, when they were looking in different directions, they both exclaimed in chorus, Here come Jerry and Dick. There's the deputy sheriff's little car. In through the window they leaped. Down the front stairway they tripped and were standing at the graveled walk between the red and gold border-beds when the two cars arrived, Jerry's in the lead. Mary's heart was heavy though she tried to smile brightly, when she saw that Etta Dooley was again in the front seat with Jerry. Dick, this time, was quite alone. Harry Hulbert, although in the rear, leaped out and bounded to Mary so quickly that he reached her first. Her welcome, though friendly, lacked the eager graciousness of the day before. Harry, however, did not seem to notice it. "'I've got the translation here,' he said, waving the old yellow envelope. Jerry got out of his car, turned to speak to Etta, and then walked toward the waiting group. Dick had already disappeared into the house in search of his mother. Etta, remaining in the car, called, "'Good morning!' to the girls. Jerry explained, "'I haven't told Etta the whole story, just the part about Little Bodil and the Rock House. She was so interested, I told her we'd be glad to have her go with us.' Mary smiled at him rather wistfully, Dora thought. Then she walked to the side of the car, and said, "'Won't you get out, Etta, while we read the letter?' Jerry, who had followed her, said, "'Dick wanted us to wait till we got to the rock house, before we read the letter. "'Can you girls go now?' "'Yes, I'll get my hat.' Mary turned to go indoors. Dora went with her, and they were back almost at once to find Jerry beside Etta, with Dick waiting to help Dora to her usual place in the rumble. Harry, his rather thin face alight with pleasure, took Mary's arm, and, giving it a slight pressure, exclaimed in a low voice, "'The gods are kind. I hardly dared hope that your old friends would let me have you today. I've thought of you every minute since I left you last night.' Mary, seated at his side in the small car, turned serious eyes toward him. "'Harry,' she said, almost pleadingly, "'please don't talk to me in that way. I'd rather you wouldn't." An expression of sadness for a moment put out the eager light in his eyes. Then, good sportsman that he was, he said, "'Very well. Mary, I think I understand.' After that his conversation was interesting but general until they reached the towering rock-gate, where Jerry's car was standing, waiting. "'What a lonely awesome spot this is!' Harry exclaimed. If you think this is awesome, Mary laughed, wait until we pass through those gates. Jerry climbed out, helped Etta, then turned to call, Don't get off the road, Harry. The sand's so soft we'd have a time pulling you out. Dora and Dick leaped from the rumble and were joined by Mary and Harry. We walk the rest of the way, Dick told the air scout, and believe me, it's hard going. Mary glanced ahead, saw Jerry assisting Etta, as in former times he had assisted her when her feet sank ankle-deep in the soft white sand. Harry gallantly took her arm to aid her. Mary smiled at him wanly. "'Thank you,' she said. "'I wish I were the self-reliant athletic type like Dora. She never needs help.' Harry bit his lip to keep from saying aloud what he thought. Before he could think of something else to say, Dick looked back and called to him, "'Were you ever any place where there was such a death-like stillness "'as there is in this small, walled-in spot?' "'Harry shook his head. "'Never,' he replied. "'Then, glad of the interruption, he asked, "'That's the rock house up there, isn't it?' "'Dick nodded. "'That's where the poor old fellow they called Lucky Loon buried himself alive, "'if there's any truth in the yarn.' "'Believe me, that would take more courage than I've got,' "'Harry declared with a shudder.' Jerry, glancing back, and finding that he and Etta were quite far ahead, turned and waited, still holding his companion's arm. Etta's intelligent face never had seemed more attractive to Mary. The melancholy expression which the girls had noticed, especially the day they had called upon her, had vanished. Her eyes were bright with interest. They walked on in a close group. "'I'm simply wild to know what's in the letter, little Bodil translated,' Dora exclaimed. Dick laughed. I suppose we will call that dignified Sister Teresa Little Bodle till the end of time," he said. When they reached the foot of the leaning rock, which had one time been the stairway to the rock house, they gathered about Jerry, who was opening the yellowed envelope. Intense interest and excitement was expressed in each face. Sister Teresa had written a liberal translation between the almost faded lines of her dead brother's letter. Dear Little Bodle, IN MY HEART I FEEL YOU ARE ALIVE. I HAVE HUNTED ALL OVER ARIZONA, NEW MEXICO, AND ACROSS THE BORDER. NO ONE HAS HEARD OF YOU. I CAN'T SEARCH ANY LONGER. BEFORE I DIE I WANT TO TELL YOU WHERE MY GOLD IS. SILAS HARVEY WILL TELL YOU WHERE MY rock house IS. SECRET ENTRANCE. Jerry paused and looked in dismay at the interested listeners. WHAT'S UP? Dick asked. The old writing was so faded Sister Teresa couldn't make it out. "'How terrible!' Dora cried. "'How to get into the rock-house is the very thing we need to know.' "'Well, at least we know there is a secret entrance,' Mary told them. "'Isn't there any more of the translation, Jerry?' The cowboy had turned a page. He nodded. "'Yes, there's something, but I reckon it won't help much. "'There are only a few words,' he read. "'Find money, walled-in, turquoise eye.' Jerry looked from one to the other and said, "'That's all.' doesn't help out much, does it? Mary took the letter. There's a note at the bottom. Sister Teresa wrote—'I am sorry I could not make out the entire message. I do hope this much will aid you in finding the money if it has not been stolen.' "'Well,' Dick was looking along the base of the almost perpendicular cliff on which the rock-house stood, "'I vote we start in hunting for a secret entrance.' "'Okay,' Harry said. "'Let's divide our forces—one going to the right, and the other to the left. Jerry, as though it were the natural thing to do, said to Etta, "'Shall we go this way?' Mary turned and started in the opposite direction. Harry was quick to follow her. Dora and Dick remained standing, directly under the rock house. Dora said, "'I'm puzzled—not about the secret entrance, but about Mary and Jerry.' "'Oh, that'll come out all right.' It was plain that Dick wasn't giving romance much thought, for he added, I'm going in between the main cliff and this broken-off piece." Dora, going to his side, peered into the crack. The winds of many years had blown sand into it. She was surprised to see Dick start pulling sand away from the wall. "'Have you a hunch?' she asked, with interest. "'No, not really,' he told her, then remarked, "'wish I had a shovel.'" "'You may have one,' Dora said. "'If you want to go back to the road—' I saw a shovel and an axe fastened under the deputy sheriff's car. Jerry and Etta, having found nothing, were returning. "'What are you uncovering, Dick?' the cowboy called. "'Say, fetch a shovel, will you?' was the answer he received. "'Dora says there's one out under the dep's car.' "'Right-o!' The cowboy's long legs carried him rapidly toward the rock gate. He had returned with the shovel just as Mary and Harry came up. They had found nothing that could possibly be a secret entrance. "'What's your reasoning, Dick, old man?' Jerry asked as he handed in the shovel. "'Well, there's something here that caught and held the sand,' Dick replied. "'It may not be what we're looking for, but I'm curious to know what it is.'" End of chapter 29 Recording by Bill Borst